3: Hello and welcome to the Cardinals Insider Podcast. I'm Brett McMillan. We're launching this podcast to bring you even more behind-the-scenes access to the Redbirds. We'll have interviews with various figures from across Cardinal Nation throughout this season, and it begins with an absolutely great conversation here in episode number one. On opening day, Ozzie Smith, the first voice that you're going to hear, sat down with Bob Gibson, voice number two in the conversation, and Willie McGee, the third voice that you'll hear enter the fold. All three of these Cardinal legends, kind enough to sit down for us at a St. Louis hotel before donning those famous red jackets during opening day. They talked about the game, how it's changed over the years, and how life led each of them to a career in pro baseball. It's one-of-a-kind access with three very special players. So without further ado, here's Ozzie, Gibby, and Willie on the inaugural Cardinals Insider Podcast.
2: I'm sitting here having a, a baseball chat with my friends, and uh, you, you are my friend. I am. Okay. I don't know about Willie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. You know, one of the things that has always um, has, has always amazed me is the fact that when you talk to African American players, they usually come from one parent households. I've never really heard the story about how what impact your parents had on on you growing up.
1: Well, I would, I'm pretty much the same for a different reason. My father passed away a month before I was born, and so we really there were six other boys in the family, and those brother he he more or less was kind of like a father to me because he was 16, 17 years old when I was born, so he was a, he was a little older, but. You know, you have a strong mother in the family, and pretty much that's what they had to do when there was no dad around. The, the woman had to be strong, and I think for a lot of cases that you, you may have been better off with the mother and not two parents, especially if you had two parents that weren't getting along. Uh, so uh, it was it was different, but when you when you're born without a father, you don't really miss one, right? and I didn't know what I was missing. You see other kids with their parents and stuff and they have both of them. Uh, I used to go over to this one friend's house, uh, his name was Bernard, and they had, there was a mother and father in that house. And I thought that was really strange. Strange. Okay. Yeah, and I enjoyed it though. I just liked to sit around and watch the mother and father together rather than just the mother.
2: Yeah, they would had a good relationship. They
1: had a good relationship, yes.
2: Yeah, Well, I, I know that uh, you know your parents had a Big impact on
0: them. yeah, definitely. So you know, I was fortunate. I had a mother and a father in the house, and uh, so at an early age, we you know we were disciplined. There's a thing called a belt, and belt, and yeah. a, no, extension a sw- cord, extension <laughs> <car>. switch, <laughs> switch, <laughs> and that, a, rope. <laughs> a rope, a rope, <laughs> a rope, shoe, shoe, anything you can get their hands on, a yeah. shoe, yeah, exactly. And so we were disciplined, and and that, I think the the benefit of having a father you know, in the household, you know, we had to work at a, not that in any other situation you don't, but we would talk, when I got out of elementary school, we would be in the schoolyard playing like all the other kids. And after my dad got off his first job, he would come by in his old Chevy and he would blow once and we hide, because I didn't want to go. And we knew if he had to blow that horn two or three times, it was going all bad. Somebody's going to have to pay. Somebody's going to have to pay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we hoping he would leave, but he never left. We'd get in the car, and then we'd have to go help him clean up, you know, on his second job, clean up buildings, janitorial. So uh, we learned the good work ethic. And uh, I think sometimes, you know, a dad in the household, both parents is beneficial. But then on other cases, if if uh, the mother or the father is not in their right mind, you know, it, 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 it can be detrimental. So uh, we were very fortunate in that aspect of it. Yeah.
2: Now, and, and, and I'm going to say this because for me, one of the great things since I've retired from the game is it, it, was, it was the friendships and stuff that I was able to develop in. You know, this guy and I became like brothers. Did you have anybody that, that who's your, your best friend that, 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 that you had a chance to play with? Well, I,
1: I had, actually, I guess I don't, I can't say I had a best friend because I had three or four guys that I just was really close to. The best friend that I had in the game was Kurt Flood, mm-hmm. and unfortunately he, he passed away at a very young age, but Kurt and I did everything together. Uh, but uh, once Kurt was not on the scene, uh, it turned out Bill White was very close, uh, uh Joe Torrey.
2: Now did, did Kurt, you and Kurt, uh,
1: you come up together, or? No, we, uh, he actually came up a year before I did. Kurt came from uh, the Cincinnati organization, and he was traded to the Cardinals. I'm not sure who, who, who he was traded for, but he joined our organization in 1957. And I played with him briefly in Omaha, and then in 58, uh, he came to the Cardinals, and of course I stayed down, then I joined back uh, in 59. But I knew him. Before I got to the majors, I had gotten to the majors, and we just developed a relationship like brothers. And we did everything together. We ate together. We went to the movies whenever we had time, and it was just it was just a wonderful thing. And then, of course, um, uh, Bill White was was kind of like a brother to me when he came over from San Francisco. And then uh, Tim McCarver was already on the uh, the Cardinal. Ball. He was in the Cardinal organization. Uh, and we got to be, we didn't start off friends, uh-huh. you know, uh, but we got to be friends. Because
2: mm. you were you were probably hard to get along with. <laughs> you know, you, got a, you got a said. reputation. That's what everybody <laughs> you, you got that reputation. I want to
1: keep that reputation, too.
2: Well, you've done a good job. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you've done
1: a real good job. <laughs> but, you know, you, you develop those kinds of relationships with the guys that you see every day. In fact, you're, you're with the players more than you are your wife or your family. Yeah. And you, you do everything you know all the good and the bad uh, about the individual and uh, you, you you accept it
2: yeah that's that, that's the thing that I find um that I miss the most I, I miss the relationships i I remember the road trips and um going back and forth to the ballpark with the guys and spending that that personal time together away from away from the ballpark because you know that's that's a given but what we were able to do away from the ballpark was very, very important, and I find that now uh, one of the most important parts of my life.
0: Even at the ballpark, I mean, you get there early, we, we'd get there early, I'm sure we all did, you know, that's why we probably stayed around so long, but even at the ballpark before the games and stuff, you know, you have, you're in there and you're, you're joking around and, and uh, you know, talking to each other, and you kind of a relaxed atmosphere. and. Uh, that was, like you say, the camaraderie, you know, even batting practice. I love batting practice, you know, because it's a chance to go out there. You know, the music's going. You get a chance to go out there and relax get yourself together mentally and physically. And, and then you're dealing with a guy like this, you know, Ozzie Smith, and, you know, he's in there doing stuff that you <laughs> he's in the infield, you know, turning around, uh, throwing the ball behind his back to second base, which nobody gets to see, you know, because you can't do that in the game. And uh, a couple times, I came in there on my way out to the outfield. I said, I got this, man. Boom, hit. And I just keep running. I look back, and he's got his hands on his hip. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <laughs> but one time, I didn't want to try it no more after that because it was all downhill.
2: <laughs> no, it's a, uh, it, it, was great, uh, it was great times. And I, 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 those are the things that I miss the most. I don't miss playing and competing because we find other things to compete. Um, you know, golf for me is 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 a way. Now I still have a chance to hit something. You know, you, you we we hit so many balls in the cages and stuff until it becomes a part of your life. You know, so well that's fun I, for
1: you, but I spend too much time looking for the ball. I don't
2: enjoy that. you looking for the ball. Looking for the ball after <laughs> you just I hit it. Hit it all. <laughs>
1: after you <laughs> hit after it. After I hit it. <laughs> you're hitting another ball, and I'm still looking for mine.
2: <laughs> no, it's just uh, it, it, that becomes a, a a repetition thing, but. But it's the way that we, uh, we fill that competitive void that we have in our lives. You know, we just find that other thing to get into. But, yeah. Speaking of uh, filling
1: that void, I don't know, I don't know that I ever did after, after I got through planning. Uh, you, did, you didn't find golf as... I, I did not. Yeah. I did not. I guess because I wasn't really good at it, uh, I did get better the more I played the better that's I That's right, know. of
2: course, that's anything. Probably the way it was when you played basketball and uh, played for the Globetrotters now. And Gold Glove boxing. Gold Glove boxing. You know, you did well, all those is, things. Well,
1: that boxing, I, I learned that living in a project. <laughs> we didn't have gloves. <laughs> uh, bare knuckles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had to, you had to learn. To get your head out of the way. So, growing
2: up in Omaha. Yeah. How, you know what? What was that like? Well, you know, a lot
1: of people think Omaha was really out in the sticks, and it wasn't. Omaha was always a pretty good sized little town uh, when I was uh, growing up. It was about three hundred and fifty thousand and that was pretty good. You know, (laughs) nice back in eighteen (laughs) hundred. And um, so it was never a little small town. It was always a a city type atmosphere as far as I was concerned. And and it was it consisted of about eight blocks by eight blocks. That's where the housing projects was. Okay. You know, and I didn't know life away from there too much. Until my oldest brother, Josh, he, uh, he ran the YMCA and a boys club, club. And he had baseball teams and basketball teams and track, and he would throw us in a truck and we'd go out in little towns in Nebraska and Iowa and Missouri. Barnstorming. Yes, and we got to meet people from other communities. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the reason he did it, I'm not so sure. But uh, that's the way we got to know other people. And that's the way I got to find out that there was a life other than at the housing project. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I ever had a T-bone steak. I was playing at the high school ball, and we went to the state tournament in Lincoln, Nebraska, which is only about 60 miles away from Omaha. Got down there, and we all went into this restaurant, and we ordered steak. And I went, man. How old were you then? Oh, 15, 15, 16. Before you had your first steak. Before I had my first, well, we had steak. We had something called, called steak. <laughs> 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 but I'm not sure it was steak. But it was the first time I had a T-bone steak. And I said, i got to eat this more often. i got yeah. to whatever it takes to, <laughs> to, to, get, to get this good. To on it. a regular basis. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
0: Steak Will was, you grew up in Oakland? Yeah, now our, steak, our steak was spam. spam. <laughs> 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 we ate about five different ways. Oh man, I, I couldn't stand spam. that
2: spam, man. Come
0: on. And look, what did you mix with it? Oh man, Anything. we mixed eggs, rice.
1: Eggs most of the time. Yeah.
0: Rice, cheese, whatever you can you make a sandwich. You don't eggs? Spam and eggs. Yes. It was very good. I thought
1: it was good. Yeah,
0: well, Until uh, about 10 years it, ago, I tried it
1: again. You know, <laughs> it, was, it's not, it wasn't very <laughs> good, Bob. It wasn't as good as I thought it was. It spam, it yeah.
2: Was. Right. Especially when you, when you, when you get the taste of a real steak. Bob.
0: Yeah. Bob mentioned about you know high school traveling to the different cities, and uh, that is so true. Um, you know you're, you're, in your, you're in your little city and you got the next city El Cerrito, Richmond, Berkeley and uh, you know we always played till we got to high school right there in that little in Richmond and all of a sudden you get to high school and you get on this bus and you go to El Cerrito which is about 10 minutes away and it's like dang you're in a whole nother environment, a whole nother country and now you get in a car and you go and it's like two minutes away yeah it's amazing you never got a chance to really travel, you know, yeah. and get, get a chance to go out and see, see the world, and then we're fortunate enough to be able to uh, work hard at something, become good at it, and get a chance to see the world.
2: Yeah, You Always. know, it, it, how many years did you play? Uh, 17. 17, you played? 18. 18. What is different now than it was with the game, than it was when you played? Well, how, how do you see the game different?
1: I, I think free agency is the biggest difference. And what free agency did for for the player was to, it was to allow them to be a little bit more independent. When, when I came up, there was no free agency. And you, you were owned lock, stock, and barrel by the first team that ever signed you. And you didn't have a chance to go off and do anything else. And when it came time to negotiate for a contract, there was no negotiating. Hmm. None whatsoever. You just took what they said.
2: Now, would that, would that be part of the reason, um, you, you completed a lot of games. With, with knowing that even if you had a good year, that there was a chance that you wouldn't get another contract, would, would, was that part of the driving force behind completing the games that you started?
1: Well, no. Not not completing games, because completing games was just the way the game was played. You asked about the difference. Uh-huh. That's the way the game was played back then. And if you didn't complete a ball game, you might get a real nasty story written about you in the newspaper the next day. You, this guy can't complete a ball game. But today it's entirely different. You don't have to complete ball games. In uh-huh. fact, they have these <clears throat> set-up men, they have a middle man, and then they have a
2: you got the closer, you got the middleman, you got the um, what is the other setup, Set setup, setup. Yeah,
1: when I first started, I was the other guy you don't name. He was the mop-up man. Mop-up man. Okay. Yeah, and uh, the only time I ever came in a ball game when I was a rookie was uh, when we were behind like eight to nothing, and they figured what? Well, what would they have to lose and send me in there? So it changed a little bit, but but I think free agency it allowed you to to be able to to make more money, to do what you can do, and also, we were afraid to get hurt because you didn't have a contract saying that uh, if you got hurt, you were going to get paid a pension or you were going to get paid mm-hmm. anything, you were just gone. So if you had a, a little something on your fingernail or your toenail, <laughs> you didn't tell anybody about it. Mm-hmm. You just go and limp out there.
2: You limp out there and you go home and you sit in some salt water. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, some liniment. I, uh, <laughs> well, I
1: always found found out a little glass of wine helped every day. That helped <laughs> a lot of ailments, yeah. You know.
0: yeah. Yeah, well. You, well in our area, you know, you're speaking about that. You know, I, I would get the, well, you're better at 70%, 60% than what we have. Uh-huh. <laughs> behind, you know. I, I heard so, that so yeah. so you had to and you know you at that time you know it was like a family you mm-hmm. know the camaraderie on a team everybody was pulling the same way you know uh, you know just feel like everybody was going in the same direction so you felt obligated to your teammates to get out there you know uh, whether it be like you say limp out there if you can go you got to go you had yeah. to go you know yeah. so now you know I I'm in spring training now, and uh, you got like, we have one department, you know, the training room, you know, and the trainer would stretch us, you know, we come out, Gene Guse, when he would stretch us, uh, run the stretch, then we run down the line a few times, and by that time, after 10 or 15 minutes, they're starting BP. So now, and you know, you go to spring training now, especially in the minor leagues, uh, you know, you got like analytics departments, you got the strength and conditioning, you got the uh, masseuse she got you got all kind of divisions in it now in the game so that's how i see the game is changing and i mean they use these numbers to the point to where it's everything you know that's how they the game is going to that and if you don't um if you don't uh, caress it and and own up to it and you know uh, take it for what it is you're just gonna get left behind
2: yeah now we were fortunate, all three of us were fortunate enough to play for an organization that is rich in tradition and, and stuff, and one of the, the special days is, is opening day. What does opening day mean to to each of you here in St. Louis? Oh, you
1: know, think about opening day. I uh, I always wanted to be that guy to pitch the game for whatever reason. I guess it was the Eagle thing. I don't know. <laughs> but usually they they would... Start what they considered their best pitcher, and oh, I love being called their best pitcher, pitcher. you know I, like pitcher. everybody else i loved it, and you know see these horses come out, and i don 't know for some reason, I always love to see those horses come out,
2: yeah,
1: come out and go in fact, one time <laughs> Mr. Bush was sitting up on this uh-huh. uh, on this, and this, whoever was driving this thing didn't know where he was going. Oh, he went up
2: over there. He used to push His hat. He, he <laughs> had, his hat <laughs> went up there and then the next day that guy yeah, was gone. gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With
1: all of that stuff, I don't know that anywhere else in the country they have an opening day like they do here in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. You can go and turn your television on at 9 o'clock in the morning and all the festivities and everything is seems to be going and I, I haven't seen that anywhere else yeah
2: you know people um they sleep overnight in tents out there trying to get the the few extra tickets that's that are exactly
0: allowed. right it's amazing they were there last night and i woke up this morning and they're gone i guess they got in line and have the kids out there i saw one lady last night had her little baby out there and he's got a bat and she's throwing the ball and he's hitting it <laughs> it's like, whoa, so it is, it's, uh, it's amazing.
2: It's real
1: special here it in St. Louis, yeah, and I always wanted to be the
2: guy. The guy. The guy. Yeah. You know, it was always neat when um, I had one of those trademark things that I, I guess represented that, hey, the new season is here, you know, having a chance to go out and, and uh, my trademark becoming a, that flip, and I always found myself getting hyped. Hyped for that uh, for that moment, and some days I I tell Willie and those guys that when we played on the AstroTurf and the weather happened to be warm, you got a little bit more spring. And sometimes I'd get up so high, I look down, and I go, Oh my God, they're <laughs> waiting on me! I gotta get back down there. <laughs> no, but it's it's always exciting and, and it's different. People always ask me, you know, what is so special about Opening Day? But it's everywhere you. Mm-hmm. in this town, and I didn't know that there was so much red. <laughs> yeah. You get to see a red out there on the opening day, and it's it's uh, one of the most exciting times for us, and, and now that, you know, since being retired, it's always great to be able to come back and put on that red jacket, and it, it, uh, it makes me feel real good that I'm a part of an organization and a fraternity of guys that the game is respected, mm-hmm. and uh, it's wonderful to be a part of that. And you know,
1: it's not just the people, uh, in the St. Louis area, because when I come in uh, on the plane, there are people with red jackets on Cardinal hats and stuff, and yeah. they're going to the opener. Yes. So yes. The, the entire area around here is, is just a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And, uh, the, you know, with the Cubs in town today, it's going to really be, Right. I mean, you know, oh. you, the Cubs. Oh, Cubs. oh, the Cubs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going really, to really be, I mean, it's going to be busy around there. It yeah, is It's going to be, re- be pretty busy around there today, I feel.
1: Did you so, did you feel that it was bigger series when the Cubs came to town than, than somebody else?
2: You know what? We, we played every day, so to me, every day was important. I didn't feel like it was... I didn't put any put forth any extra effort when they came to town. I know it was exciting. It was really exciting for the people, for the fans. Yeah. You know, they 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 felt that there was a rivalry, but it was a rivalry that you could look in the stands here in St. Louis and see the wife with a Cub hat on and the and the and the, uh, the husband with a Cardinal hat, and vice versa yeah. when you went to when we went to Chicago. So I think it's always been a fr- friendly rivalry. I think that it was very respectful. I can't remember of any altercations that we really had on the field against the Cubs. It was just good, sound baseball. and It didn't matter where the Cubs were in the standings. It was always going to be, a, um, it was always going to be an exciting uh, series.
1: Yeah, people ask me that all the time, and I, I didn't feel, I feel that, that I needed to beat the Cubs, Cubs worse than I did the Pirates or yeah, anybody I, else. Yeah. You know, I had, uh, I had two starts in a week. And I needed to win both of them. That's right. That's right. Period. And mm-hmm. the
0: Cubs happened to be one. Great. Yeah. I didn't feel like a, like a playoff kind of atmosphere or a rivalry or a negative mm-hmm. rivalry like some teams. You just wanna exactly. you wanna beat exactly so you get exactly. up for them. But mm-hmm. you get up for the Cubs, but in a fun way. You right. wanna beat them. Because right. you expected to beat them. Right. And uh, you go into Chicago. You got Ronnie. You know understands uh, George who George who, George, who? <laughs> you know. Then he's by the bus and. So you, it's kind of a fun kind of a, a atmosphere, rivalry, Yeah. yeah. You do something crazy. good, they clap for you, you know, they you know, whereas Philadelphia and New York, you know, they might do anything. You see fight, they fighting the cops yeah. in the stands and stuff. So
2: you know, lo- looking back over your careers, is there anything that that you would you change?
1: Now first marriage maybe. Okay.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Besides a, your marriage. No, it. no. That's, that's about it.
2: That's it. That's yeah. about
1: it. I, you know what? I, uh, I I had a great career here in St. Louis just being here. It was a little rough. It was a little rough when I first got started. Of course, that was way back in the 50s. Right. And things were rough all over. It wasn't just on the field. It was off the field. It was even worse. Yeah. But other than that, I don't I don't
2: think there's anything I would change. Anything you change
0: would? Well, yeah, my perspective. I would be a little more open-minded um, and uh, not think everything was great. I mean, because, I mean, just being real, you know, what you see on the outside a lot of times is not what's in the inside, you know. And, there, you know, there were some times inside the game, you know, where I thought, that, you know, you kind of get hurt, and I mean, you, you kind of get hurt because it's like what the heck is going on here, you know, and I wish I had a, which I did my last year, I wish I had a stood up a little more, you know, at that time and just voiced it. When you're
2: it. talking about within, with, within, with within, the, yes, within, with the inside of, within, yeah, just
0: in the house, in house, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, finally, you know, my last year I was able to do it, I was able to do it, so I felt felt good about myself. But other than that, not nothing bad, but family, but I just wish I had a, <coughs> you know, did that, some things in that area. Well, different. you
2: know what, I, I want to thank you guys for, for taking the time to spend a little time with me, and um, it's always great being able to, to spend time, that I, and when I think about the game of baseball, you're two people that stand out because when I played, you know, w- Willie and I became very, very close, but since I've retired, and may the hall of fame we've been able to to nourish and develop our relationship and and you guys are really really good friends and i
3: appreciate it thank you thank you Ozzie also sat down with Bob and Willie individually for us. In the coming weeks, we're going to bring you that audio along with Ozzy's one-on-one with President of the Baseball Hall of Fame, Jeff Idelson. To make sure you don't miss it, subscribe, or you can listen online at cardinals.com slash podcast. And if you enjoyed today's conversation, you might also like the Cardinals Insider TV show. Check out local listings at cardinals.com slash insider, or you can watch individual stories from the show as well as full episodes at cardinals.com slash video. We're also available through the MLB at bat app. Simply go to the video section and type in Cardinals Insider in the search bar. That's it for today's podcast. For Ozzie Smith, Bob Gibson, and Willie McGee, I'm Brett McMillan. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Cardinals Insider Podcast.